this Cracker Barrel shape is the secret of the universe. Hi, and welcome to Meet Your Heroes. I'm Audrey. And I'm Elliot. And this is the podcast where we get up close and personal with some of the most notable people from history. The good, the bad, but mostly the ugly. Mostly the ugly. So you know what's annoying? What, what, what is annoying? <laughs> carpenter bees. Oh my God. Yes. What's the deal with carpenter bees? I'm in, I, so I'm in generally in favor of bees, actually. Oh, love bees. Big fan of the role carpenter bees play in the global ecosystem. Just go about pollinating, doing Ooh, your thing. Yes. Don't even sting. This is the thing about her. Don't mm-hmm. even sting. No. You know what they do do, though? What do they do? Dive bomb my head every time I walk our dogs. Yes, every single time. There's just like a carpenter bee infestation on our street. It's like not even like a local place. It's like the entire street. Our fucking house, basically. Yes. Yeah. So. Better than uh, murder hornets? Right. Yeah. What happened to murder hornets? Yeah, they've gotten sloppy this year. Yeah. The writing's all over the place. All over the place. I feel like whoever is running the simulation that did not test well in the focus groups and they just like <laughs> threw it out <laughs> too, too too complicated too many things to keep up with and like you can't introduce a new nightmare every day while also maintaining the subplot of all the other nightmares yeah, you gotta you gotta do justice right to the to the other you gotta see it to lines. the end and they did we have not seen <laughs> we have not seen murder it to the end. hornets to the end <sighs> so speaking of murder hornets who's our hero this week <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you should mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so our hero this week decided the world is a very overwhelming place. Yes. Uh, and for as much as we've done with relevant political topics, mm-hmm. this week going out of left field, this week's hero is Pythagoras. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I am so excited for this. <laughs> The listeners don't even know. I have just been like, like drumming my fingers together in yeah, excitement all because, day. Because in fairness, the way this came up <laughs> is that Audrey was like, used Pythagoras as the example of like the most ridiculous you couldn't build an episode right, person. Right. Just like as the absurd one. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going in. <laughs> and in you went. And, and I went. You're so pleased. I'm so pleased. You've been walking around like, oh man, you have all these secrets house, house all smug. day. And smug. He, he walked out so smug. How smug? This mug. This mug. Like a bed bug. Like Definitely a bed bug. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm pumped. Let's do it. All right. So when you think of Pythagoras the hero, what do you think of? I mean, uh, the theorem to top all theorems. Yeah. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Hypotenuse central. Let's do it. Hypotenuse. The, yeah. the, probably the only time anybody in their real life uses the word hypotenuse. It, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's no world in which I would ever need to use the word hypotenuse, except in this very episode of this podcast. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. Can you think of anything else besides this one theorem? No. Should I be able to? No. <laughs> I couldn't. No, <laughs> okay, absolutely not. Great. Yeah. No, I haven't thought about... Pythagoras as like an actual part of my life since like 10th grade. Yeah. So like 20 years. Okay. So so we got this dude that at some point in history ma- figured this thing out about triangles. 
He sure did. Anything else you can think of about this man? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Buckle up. Okay. It's going to be a wild ride. <sighs> I'm here for it. Even before we dig into his life, just to do justice to how big of a hero Pythagoras really is. Mm -hmm. Because even though like in our day-to-day -day lives, not that big of a deal, for basically 500 years, if you look in like the science and math and philosophy realm, he's a fucking superstar. He, he is kind of like the founding father of math and music and astronomy and philosophy for a lot of people. In fact, a lot of people said he actually created the words mathematics hmm. and philosophy. Quite the polyglot. Yes. Isaac Newton. Heard of him? Know about him? He, he, he was notorious for never giving credit to anybody else. He was like this lone genius model. But okay. he specifically said that he attributed the discovery of the laws of gravity to Pythagoras. Mm. Like that's how big of a deal it was. Einstein did an episode on Einstein. He said a scientist could be a Platonist, okay. like, for, like a follower of Plato, sure. or a Pythagorean insofar as he considers the viewpoint of logic as an indispensable tool of his research. These are not nobodies. They're like Pythagoras is the man. So with all of that weight on his contributions. Mm -hmm. Does Pythagoras have a last name? No. Just straight up Pythagoras. Like what a fucking badass you have to be <laughs> to only be recorded in history as, quote, the father of mathematics, first name only. Well, Pythagoras. <laughs> I mean, like the thing is, everybody's fucking this first name only at this point. We sure. are before other names. So just a disclaimer to the front end of this, even more than our regular episodes. Uh, we are approaching this time in history that is like right between the time when nobody wrote anything down for <laughs> billions of years before that. And Twitter. And Twitter, right? Like This just is like hair's edge where like people had started to pass down oral stories that we can like kind of reconstruct now, but sure. hadn't really started writing things down reliably. And this is right when he lives, right? And so like he's got a lot of contributions that are very important to the pe people who then are very important to the people who start writing stuff down. Right. But he's like right before that. Okay. So what that means is like none of... He didn't have any writings that we know of. Okay. If he did, none of them survived. The early sources about his life are not clear. Sure. Definitely not thorough. Uh, <laughs> or they're making fun of him. Actually, as we will find out, the, okay. the main sources that are earliest about him are just like mocking the shit out of him for very good reason. Um, and the later sources that are more detailed are still like a couple hundred years after. Like wow. the first biography is a few, a few hundred years later. So, okay. so it's more detailed, but it also is like started to turn into this myth of a man, right? Like mm. as we've seen these cleanup crews, like they inflate these sure. people. My favorite kind of man. Y Mythical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, okay, so as one historian, uh, Walter uh, Burkert said, quote, there's not a single detail in the life of Pythagoras that stands uncontradicted, mm. but it's possible from a more or less critical selection of the data to construct a plausible account. And so what we present you today is a plausible account <laughs> of what Pythagoras' life was like. This dude, born 570 BCE on a Greek island, kind of off the coast of Turkey, called Samus. He is the son of Nisarchus, who's a gem trader, fancy merchant, uh, maybe a jeweler. He's, he's traveling. His father's basically like important enough to be traveling about doing business kind of thing, right? Okay. Bringing his son with him on these travels around the Mediterranean. Got it. Well, I take this back. So <laughs> to quote uh, so Bertrand Russell in writing in the 20th century now about this, he said, Quote, some say he was the son of a substantial citizen named uh, Nisarchus. Others say that he was the son of the god Apollo. So we will leave it to the listeners Son to decide. Of the god Apollo? Yes, that was another story. Jesus so Christ. So you make up your own <laughs> minds, which is presenting, some, <laughs> presenting the data here. Trust you to come to a decision. Um, 
Those little are your alternatives. Little column A, little column B. <laughs> you never know. Well, we're going to come back to this, but yes. <laughs> he he doubled down on this Apollo thing, man. Okay, so this uh, Samus Island, right? It is this lush, bustling island, middle of all these trade routes. Uh, you've got trade rates right off the coast of Turkey. You've got trade from Egypt coming in, this Western Asia there. So huge trading hub, big festival culture, like it's a happening place. But also, right, it's known for advanced engineering. Just so you can kind of place yourself in like the history of human thought here, it is a big fucking deal because they have literally, <laughs> they have the second tunnel that humans have ever created on this <laughs> island. <laughs> right? Just like one step behind gophers for millennia. Yes. <laughs> no, great. Like, no, so specifically, people had dug tunnels like in, into a rock before, mm-hmm. but this, of all the tunnels that like, you you dug that were had openings on both ends. This is like a transportation. Yeah, a tunnel that had two ends. Okay. This is the second one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big fucking deal, all right? So uh, so people are like that's what it takes to get people excited. Right? right. This is like the cutting fucking edge. Right. Uh they got this aqueduct, they need the water, they carve this tunnel. Still still tour it today if you want. You go to the mm. island, she'll see it. So he's growing up around this. He's got like a kind of a well off dad. He's like traveling around. He's like in the hub of like culture and this this tunnel is like using geometry and some learning to like mm. it's like it better be. Yeah, well no, it's, <laughs> it's surprising. a tunnel. The tunnel's a mile long. Okay. And they are only like a few millimeters off when they meet in the middle. Oh. So it's like pretty good. So they started on two separate ends. Yeah. Two why separate would ends they of not- a mountain. Why would they not just go from one end across so that they could guarantee that it met Sure, because it's twice as fucking fast. <laughs> it, takes a, it takes twice as long if you only go from one direction. It takes half the time if you meet in the middle. And they did. They pulled it off, right? Wow. Yeah. So this is the kind of stuff that humans are, are like accomplishing, right? Look at us go. Look at <laughs> us go. Okay, so he is here in the hub of tunnel making and like humans like on the, on the cutting edge. And at this point, he is so... The year, the first like twenty years of his life or so, right? What we basically know is like he's seeing these things, soaking in the culture. By all accounts, like visiting different places and learning. So some of this probably started traveling with his dad as a kid, but at some point he like goes and he studies different places. Okay. Uh, and he's studying in Egypt, maybe even with the Egyptian priests at Thebes. Uh, one ancient Greek writer, Antiphon, said that he was probably the only foreigner that got admitted to this like priestly class to study from the outside. Wow. He maybe got moved around and like maybe even captured and taken as a slave somewhere, went to Babylon. But he's getting these different influences. A- as time goes on, as we've seen like the cleanup crews and like the myth making about these people go, like the stories get wilder and wilder. So uh, like there's pretty consistent consensus that he went to Egypt and study, but maybe Babylon. But then also other stories later pop up that he was like also studying in Persia mm. right with Phoenicians modern day Lebanon uh, and then stories popped up that he was studying with the Jewish people as well you go down the line by the third century so this is like he's in 500 BCE right so 800 years later yeah there's stories that he was studying all the way with like Hindu sages in India and then also like the Celts and like people in Spain and Iberia like <laughs> there's no fucking way to get there but people are just like adding shit to the list right, right? there's like, not even a third tunnel how no, is he gonna get any exactly right yeah so so people keep adding to this uh, most likely it seems like he had this teacher Frecades who had traveled to India and so this is this real critical moment and, and part of this studying he gets this teacher who, who basically tells him that he is the reincarnation of the first human to ever walk the earth. Like, he's clearly smart and has charisma. Mm-hmm. But his teacher tells him that he's basically like the Greek myth equivalent of the Adam, of the Adam and Eve story. How would his teacher know that? 
So if you are troubled by unsubstantiated claims of divine <laughs> intervention, you're going to be in for a wild ride because <laughs> this is just, at this point, if you feel like you can get away with this shit, I feel like everybody's just like making this shit up as they go along. Sure. Right? Teacher sounds like a loose term yeah, in well, this moment. I mean, it. there was no board like giving people credentials, right? You basically <laughs> said, I'm the teacher. And you're like, oh, got some students? Great. You're the teacher. Got it. Uh, and so this teacher tells him, yeah, okay, you are this original person who was essentially like related and chosen by the gods. And so you have this lineage, you're this reincarnation. And after a while of thinking about it, uh, Pythagoras is like, you know what? I think you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's coming back to me now. I'm starting to remember these past lives. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Uh, he's like, oh okay, okay. So he's able to remember some of them. He, so he was like a war hero in some. Mm. But then most recently, he was just like this humble fisherman. Basically, every 200 years or so, right, comes back. Pythagoras is like, okay, I'm special. I've got these past lives. He dresses special too, right? In Gre- ancient Greece, they were wearing a lot of these like tunics and wraps. And what mm-hmm. I forget what they call them, right? The just togas. The, the togas. Thank you. The togas, right? I mean, clearly you were never a frat boy. Yeah. <laughs> My lack of Greek life is showing. In in his like toga clad island, mm-hmm. he's wearing trousers. He's traveled around. He's wearing pants. Whoa. People are like, what? He's like, I'm reincarnated. I'm wearing pants. Who's gonna fucking stop me? Right? <laughs> is he making his own pants? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know where he got him. I mean, this is the kind of details you miss out on when you go back several thousand years into the record books. Sorry, into the non-existent record books. Right, but yes. Right. Um, so but motherfuckers re- walking around wearing pants. And thinks he's hot shit because of it, right? Okay. So he has these discussion groups where he's like talking about these things he's learned and like this like this different knowledge. He ends up living in a secret cave. Like he doesn't want to tell people where he's living because like... I guess, air of mystery, right? How has there never been, like, a docu-series about this? This sounds like the perfect <laughs> script for any story. Oh, we are in Act 1. Oh, yay. Okay, so he, is, so he calls his little group the semicircle because he's, like, at this, Shut like, the fuck up. Weird... No, he does Yes, he does. Because what other shape has him exactly in the middle? Right. Right, with his back to the cave. Um, um, yeah, so he calls it the semicircle. And then he... I don't know if you noticed... He doesn't have, like, a real job, right? So, like, he, his dad was wealthy. It's not like he's going out trading, making money elsewhere, right? He's just, like, living this, like, philosopher life. In a cave. Yeah. You don't need much. Just some pants yeah. in a cave. Get the, I mean, pants are kind of fire. But other than, <laughs> once you make the investment on the pants, like, the, the followers just flock to you, right? So... <laughs> He's yep. got his pants. Uh, he, he is. He's. He has one quote that survived uh, that says, "Quote: The lowest class is made up of those <laughs> who come to buy and sell." <laughs> the pants. <laughs> <laughs> You're just imagining this man walking around like he's hot shit. Just <laughs> like, what the fuck are those? He's like, they're pants. They're pants. <sighs> okay, you can't destroy <laughs> 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 Got a job? No. Got pants? Got pants. Hell fucking oh. yes. All right. So. Okay, you're gonna, you're gonna really, we're gonna have to cut all this. <laughs> It's the kind of humor I love. Second tunnel therapy. I don't even know where you stopped. I stopped listening. Got to compose ourselves here. Okay. <clears throat> this whole episode just delights me. <laughs> this is not a good look. 
just, you pause you just knee start seltzer out of your notes. <laughs> I sure did. You should start a uh, Patreon, have the unedited version, extended version. It's just me losing <laughs> my shit for like five minutes. Okay, you started this over? Yes. <laughs> no, you did not. You didn't even pause it. Okay, I really don't know where you stopped. So giving these little speeches in his discussion circle, mm-hmm. he, one of his quotes that survived got passed down. Uh, because we're talking about the fact that he had no real job. Right. He's just pontificating. Yes. He he said, quote, the lowest class is made up of those who come to buy and sell. Yikes. The next above them are those who compete. Okay. Best of all, however, are those who simply come to look on. The best people are the ones who aren't doing anything. So he's basically just an influencer. I mean, yes. He, well, but specifically dedicated to, like, asking the big questions, right? So he thought, like, this looking on... Oh, so he's the opposite of an influencer. Okay, yes. Yeah, he, he, when he says, like, this looking on, he means, like, this disinterested science, right? Okay. El- elevating and devoting yourself to that is, like, the true philosophy. And so it is, like, this inquiry. You're asking big questions. This gets him so far. But when he's 40, he doesn't like the way that the government of his home island is trending okay uh kind of a tyrant he's really opposed to it so he decides he's gonna leave Mm. and he packs up his stuff sets sail across the mediterranean ends up in a new town on the southern tip of italy called uh croton uh present day now it's called crotone oh but it's the greek you know uh colony of croton at the time got it so he shows up here. He's 40 years old. I just imagine him, like, getting off this little boat, like, walking out like he's big shit with this pair of pants on. <laughs> he's like, I'm the first person. Yeah. I, I'm a reincarnation of this first person ever to walk the earth. And he literally just shows up, and he's like, I'm the new guy. He starts giving speeches. <laughs> oh. And he's like, let me tell you how you are going to need to abandon your luxurious, corrupt way of life. Come follow me for the truth. And people... Eat this shit up. No, they do not. Yeah. Oh, they love it. So his claim to fame, right, what he's decided is like teaching about what happens to your soul after you die. Because obviously he's reincarnated right. as this like first person who's like blessed by Apollo. Mm. And so he knows what he's talking about. And like the elites in this colony of Croton are like, yes, they're eating up. He's like influencing them. He's like helping them guide advising them for decisions whenever he gets pushback like if somebody like asks him like how do we know we can trust you yeah his go-to move is to pull down his pants no because he has this gigantic birthmark on his thigh okay so, i didn't know where you're going with that <laughs> he has this gigantic golden birthmark golden yeah, like his whole, like it's like the golden is the way it's described. So later on, hundreds of years later, Aristotle will describe him as the man with the golden thigh. Okay. And so he has this apparently like big golden birthmark. And like, but what uh, does that even mean? So golden. Like, so whatever you imagine, like the color of a Mediterranean man's leg was okay. in the inner thigh region. Sure. Just take a moment. And with luster dust on it? I don't know, <laughs> right? Like some color that people are like, oh, that's a. That's a golden thigh. What? And like... And, I am... What? Okay, so his whole... Apparently it was gigantic because it, it's not like a golden spot. It's a golden thigh that they described. He okay. whipped this out at one of the early Olympics competitions as well. What? As like 
showing like he was like meant to be there as like a representative of the gods. Yeah, people people are like, oh, absolutely, because apparently there's no world in which he was like painting it gold. No, no, this is a real like they were up close, okay. so you would have been able to tell. Okay, but now whether it was really gold or it was just like a different color brown here. Okay, yeah, you know like. That's up for the interpretation of the historical record here. Sure. They described it as a golden thigh. I don't think it was actually gold, gold. Got it. Where did folks around this time land when it comes to underwear? Yeah, so that's a good (laughs) question. There's not real clear, hard, definitive evidence. Okay, but what we do know is that only one part of his body makes the history books. Yes, the thigh part. (laughs) The thigh part. (laughs) Yeah, and and he wasn't wearing, like, with the togas, I don't know what the undergarment situation was. With the pants, I don't know if they they had invented a second layer of pants yet that went under the pants. Sure. Who knows? All I know is that he was, like, showing his thighs off, and when he did, people were like, Oh, I'm sorry I ever doubted you. Because this was considered, like, proof positive that he was chosen by the gods. Wow. Because apparently, one, birthmarks in general were, like, proof you were chosen by the gods. But this was a giant birthmark, and it was gold, which was the color of Apollo. Mm-hmm. And apparently the first person ever, right, to walk the earth was, like, also had this relation to Apollo. So he was like, yep, absolutely, okay, you're the guy we can trust. Thanks for showing us your thigh mark. Man, confirmation bias is a son of a bitch. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so he shows up. With this, and he catapults this golden thigh and his newfound influence with the elites to start in 530 BCE, his quote-unquote school. Now, we could call it a school, or as others have called it, a quote-unquote monastery. Okay. Or, as others have called it, more accurately, a cult. Oh. And he starts his cult and just, and like, runs with it, right? Uh. He just like takes this, like, thigh reincarnation thing and just, like, cranks it up to 11. Okay. So, these people become known as the Pythagoreans. Okay. Appropriately enough. All I can think about is that Creed quote from The Office. Where he's like, <laughs> yes. I've been involved in a number of cults, both as a leader and a follower. Have more fun as a follower. But you make more money as a leader. Exactly. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, so Pythagoreans. Yeah, so Pythagoreans, there are two layers of this. Okay. There's the outer circle. Mm. And the inner circle. Both circles, surprisingly uh, equitable in terms of gender for the time. Mm. Lots of no discrimination against women joining the cult. The two cult layers, basically the outer layer, had to follow the rules. Mm. And he was like giving these discussions, preaching about right how to be like live a more pure life with your reincarnated self. Okay. But the inner layer got to find out why those were the rules. Yes. And like that's where the fun Happened, what? Right? Is this like that Wild Wild West or what was it called? That Oh Wild Wild Country? Wild Wild Country. Is it like that? I mean it's kinda like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um the first thing you had to do if you wanted to like start joining this cult and maybe like you were considering like, oh, I want to maybe go from like the outer layer, which is like following these general teachings to like get into the inner layer okay. to follow this. Learn the secrets. So it's just open. Anybody can be in the outer layer. You just have to, like, pledge to it's commit. Less, it's less selective. Okay. Right? But the inner layer is, like, really inner. Okay. So How many people are we talking about here? So like that's hundreds? It's not exactly clear. As we'll find out later, they never gathered in groups of more than 10 for oh. a very particular reason. But Accountability? <laughs> potentially hundreds of followers. So the first thing you have to do is swear an oath to him. Swear an oath to Pythagoras. Always a good sign. <laughs> right? And then you have to swear an oath to all the other followers as well, that you're, like, in this for real. Mm-hmm. And then you have to swear that you will never reveal the secrets 
of the Pythagoreans to anyone outside of the Pythagoreans. And like, so for many generations, like these secrets do not come out. Okay. But luckily, through the magic of waiting several thousand years, <laughs> we have today the secrets of the Pythagorean inner circle for you. How? How? How did we get them? Is I mean, that a spoiler? People snitched. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. People wrote books about it at some point. Okay, so the last step you had to do before you got to hear these secrets was give up everything you owned to Pythagoras. <laughs> All of your possessions became communal possessions that Pythagoras basically controlled. Eep. And everybody just all group ownership. You couldn't own anything individually. Not even your own pants? <laughs> Not even your own pants. There are pants. Our pants. Our yeah. pants. The community's pants. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then right when you think you're going to get to start to learn the secrets, the first thing you find out when you like give up everything you own and you sworn this oath is that you then do not get to speak for the next five years. What? You have to take everybody else around you can fucking talk, but you're coming in. You take a vow of silence for five years. What? And you cannot say a thing. Pythagoras never did this himself. He never went five years without talking. No, he's fucking making this shit up as he goes along. Yeah, like, he's like, <laughs> you want to like... join the club? All right, here's here's the rules. Step one, give me everything you own. Yeah. Step two, don't tell anybody. Step three, don't talk for five fucking years and just listen to me talk. That is hysterical. Our kid today, we were on the playground and they were like, let's do an obstacle course. And I was like, okay, tell me what the obstacle course is. And they like walk over a little bit and they look at whatever's in front of them. And they're like, okay, on this part, you're going to do this. <laughs> this is... And then they walk a few more steps and they're like, and then, and then on this part, you're going to do this. This is exactly the system Pythagoras is <laughs> He's just surprised everybody is sharing their pants. Yeah. He didn't expect that to happen. It is just like falling into place. Wow. Uh, so so you agree to this five-year silence. silence. You're never going to reveal the teachings. By the way, if you do reveal the teachings, anybody who like leaves is like... Fu- like they not only shun them, they like have a funeral for them. They like make a uh, tombstone oh and like my. put it in the middle of their thing. And like this person's fucking dead. <laughs> uh, and they like have the full funeral and they bury them and they're like, they are never coming back. So it is serious. It is serious. Yes. Yeah. But after those five years. All right. So here we go. Revealing to you the secrets of the Pythagoreans okay. through the magic of several thousand years of waiting. Yes. All right. First thing, Pythagoras himself had... The ability to talk to animals. What? Yes. Um, he he could understand them. Sure. And the animals could understand him. Okay. Nobody else could vouch for this. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> but definitely he could talk to animals. Uh, he could stop the wind blowing and hail from falling. Uh, he could and, calm. But he never had to prove these things. He's just. I mean, like this, this right? Like, are you a true believer or not, Audrey? <laughs> you know what? For the sake of this moment, I believe he can, I'm a Pythagorean. He could stop the wind blowing and hail from falling. He could calm the sea's waves. He could predict earthquakes. You know at some point if somebody's going to tell you they're going to fucking predict earthquakes. They have just, like, gone off that end. Actually, many steps back is where <laughs> I would have been like, well, this feels iffy. So, in addition to all his magical powers, mm-hmm. one of the secret teachings here at the inner circle of the inner circle mm-hmm. is the harmony of the planets. Right? Mm. So he believed that planets and stars move according to mathematical equations. Okay. And those... So, one, he's fucking right about it. He lucked yeah, into this. Yeah, I was going right? to say, like, like, wait, am I missing something? Everybody I knew like... that the stars, like, moves, like, in different patterns and, like, you could see the planets and, right. like, travel... But he's like, there's math behind that. And right. guess what? There's math behind there's that. There's math behind that. <laughs> he didn't know what the math was. He was not a good enough mathematician to actually, like, 
figure out and like predict these things, right? No. But he was like, there's math behind this. Then he's like, and that math then corresponds to musical notes. Mm. So all of the things moving through the sky correspond to musical notes. There's a symphony playing all around us in the in the sky that we just can't hear. Wasn't exactly like the modern day cosmology. I mean, that's such a beautiful metaphor. It's though. so there, poetic. There you don't want to fault it, right? There is a symphony all around. It's an inaudible symphony. Right. He taught that the Earth was round. Okay. Didn't discover it. Somebody else. I mean, people had already established this. Almost nobody really thought the Earth was flat for as long as we have history of people. <laughs> Tell that to Facebook. Oh, my God. Any right? number of Facebook okay. groups. Okay. Yes. But, like, there are people who had established it. Like, a, a little bit later on, people actually established the circumference of the globe <laughs> okay, through yeah. just, like, looking at the shadows of sticks in two different cities. Right. Like, if you literally look at, like, Alexandria, a stick there versus, like, several hundred miles further south in the Nile, people around this time period are like, oh, based on the angles of these, the, like, longest day of the year, we can tell that, like... Like, there's, like, seven degrees separation between these two spots that we know are 800 kilometers. So, therefore, the Earth is about 40,000 miles around. And people are like, oh, shit, yeah. Turns out they were right. Within, like, several percent. They oh, Like, back wow. at this time, they were able to, like, figure out exactly how big the round Earth was. Facebook still, to this day, cannot do that. But, <laughs> um, yes, you can do this with literally just sticks and math and shadows. He taught this. He was right about that, too. Well, awesome. bold of you to assume that I could do this. Okay. I yes, certainly so. could not. A person. A person. Could do this. A human a human person could do this. Back to the inner sanctum of knowledge, right? So so far we've got magic powers and the <laughs> silent music of the planet. Um, you spent five years being silent, by the way. This is like the payoff after like five no, years. No, we can of like your raise life. your hand and be like, um, I have a question. No, fuck you, no questions. <laughs> no. Did you not read the manual when you signed up for this? Anyway, step three of the secret knowledge here, numerology. Oh, so yes. all- actually, okay. <laughs> I am enjoying this so far. I would have been a great Pythagorean. <laughs> yes. Okay. So mathematics, by the way, the math in this numerology is purely for mystical reasons, right? There's to- there's zero practical application for any of this. <laughs> They're not trying to like build buildings or be engineers or like right? it's literally just like the spooky ma- mystics of the numbers here. Listen, we all search for meaning in different okay. ways. So number 1 stands for <laughs> creation. Number okay. 2 was matter. Mm. Number three was the ideal number because it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Okay. Also a triangle. Well, yes, that's true. Number four was the number of the seasons. Guess why? Accurate. <laughs> yes. Uh, All this track so far. Men are odd numbers and women are even numbers. I feel that. So... That makes sense to me. <laughs> that That is ringing some bells. So five <laughs> combining two and three is the number of marriage. Mm. Okay. Okay. Seven is the sacred number because that's the number of planets there are. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. And uh, it's do... also the number of Apollo. Okay. And then 10. We skipped real fast over six and eight. Oh, fuck six and eight. No, okay. they, they are nothing. They're, no, they're <laughs> they just are women. Yes, Who cares about them? Exactly. <laughs> Even numbers. Pish posh. <laughs> yes. um, 10, though. 10 is the perfect number. Mm. And oh, man, this shit gets me. Okay. So. Have you ever been to a Cracker Barrel, Audrey? (laughs) No. Have I ever? Only all the time in my childhood. Okay, for the listeners here who are not lucky enough to have been to a Cracker Barrel recently, could you just describe what a Cracker Barrel is? I mean, yes, but it's much better felt to understand it. A Cracker Barrel is a restaurant. It's an American restaurant. It's an American restaurant that um, has a... What is supposed to be like an old timey store in the lobby area. Yeah. So you like walk in and it's 
supposed to be like a country store. Yeah, it's this canned, like very fake version of this nostalgic old country store. Right. That's like trying to put like capture it, it basically this the actual cracker barrels usually just exist in the suburbs of America, but like along the highways usually. They're along like, the highways, right? Yeah. But they're trying trips. to capture like some like nostalgic old country version of the United States. Yeah, they have like a porch. They all have a porch. There's like a uniform design and they all have rocking chairs out front. Mm-hmm. All of the rocking chairs are for sale. There's like oversized checker checkerboards all around. Inside they sell things like uh candy for like five cents, like mm-hmm. general store candy. They sell like um quilts and candles and like um it's like this cast iron stuff. Yeah, you'd have to go back like 150 years in America to actually find a store that like looked like the references that they're trying to make, essentially. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. If you've been to a Cracker Barrel, as mm-hmm. you're waiting for your food, they have these old timey games. They sure do. One of the games that yes. they have. Oh, oof! I love it. Okay, you know this game? Yes, it's the triangle, and it has a holes in it, and it has a golf tees in it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. the purpose, there's like two open holes, or one open hole. Yeah, so wait, so and, just to describe people who haven't seen this, okay. there's a triangle that is like, it's a wooden triangle, so mm-hmm. a block of wood. It's a, mm-hmm. it's about the size of the palm of your hand, but it's a triangle with equal sides. Yes, and it has rows of holes, uh-huh. like in lines. So four holes on the bottom of this triangle. Three holes, then two holes, and one hole. Yeah, three holes in the row above it. Yep. Two holes in the row above that. And each of the holes, with the exception of one, is filled with a golf tee. So there's a game that you play by, like, hopping these pieces over each other. Yes. For the purposes of this story, right, I want to focus on this little wooden block itself. Well, you got me really excited about talking about this Cracker Barrel game, and now you're going to interrupt <laughs> me and tell me we had, I don't get to talk about this Cracker Barrel game. This is an integral part of my childhood. Okay, sorry. It's, uh, don't mean to stump on your memories here. <laughs> Would you like to share your experience no, playing this game? No, not anymore. I sure don't. <laughs> tell me about the triangle with holes in it. Okay. So if you're imagining this little block of wood, it has... Um, got it. It's a triangle with four dots on mm-hmm. the bottom, mm-hmm. and three above that, two above that, mm-hmm. one at the top. Mm-hmm. If you turn it on its side, it still has four in the bottom, three mm-hmm. above that, two, because it's same on each side. Yes. This shape and those dots mm-hmm. is God. Okay. Congratulations. You got to the inner core <laughs> of the Pythagorean teaching. Mm. This shape right here. With those 10 holes. Is the perfect shape. So, like, this thing, here's why. It has 10 dots in it. Mm-hmm. Four plus three plus two plus one equals what? 10. 10. 10's the perfect number. Yes. Right? They prayed to it. They sacrificed animals to it. And this motherfucker could talk to animals and he's sacrificing he's them? Fucking, he's fucking, <laughs> talking to them, being like, cutting their throats, sacrificing oh. these animals to this shape. All right, I'm out. Yeah. This is the where you draw the line. It's where I draw the line. This Cracker Barrel shape is the secret <laughs> of the universe. Right? The Cracker Barrel Triangle. Yes. That's what it is. This is like, you spend five years being silent to like find out the secrets and you get there and you're like... It's the Cracker Barrel Triangle. That right. is the thing that holds the universe together. There's a lot more cornbread than and if anticipated you, and in if the you kingdom doubt, of God. And if you doubt, this man's going to show you his thigh and be like, <laughs> are you really about to doubt this? Okay, I'm back in. You're back in. <laughs> okay, by the way, right around this same time, mm-hmm. they thought like everything is like this perfect 10, 4, 3, 2, that ratios, right? They also accidentally discover... Numbers that when you divide them mm-hmm. don't actually the the number just the decimal keeps going on forever. It doesn't stop. Sure, this fucked them up real bad. 
Uh, they were like, wait, th- like all the numbers are supposed to be like nice and round. Mm-hmm. They <laughs> they end up calling these irrational numbers, which they still <laughs> call them today. They're like, it it, it rocks their world when sure. they're like, there's some math where you actually don't get just a clean answer, and it takes years for them to recover because they're like, wait, these numbers don't repeat. To be fair. It fucks me up too. Yeah, but How if you make it, yes, but if you make your god the number ten, mm-hmm. and you're like these mm-hmm. fuckers are hanging out in the wings, right. it's like you they figure out pi, and they're like mm-hmm. they almost pack it up and go home. <laughs> they're like, what the fuck is this about? Um, <laughs> yeah, that was evil. It was crazy. To me anyway. They're worshiping the ten, but all of this worship is in service of this core truth, which we isn't actually that much of a secret, it turns out, because the core truth here is what they call metempsychosis. Okay. Which is another fancy word for reincarnation. Mm. And it turns out not just Pythagoras gets reincarnated, but the secret at the core is you do too. What a treat. What a treat. Yes. Humans have souls that are separate from their bodies. They become reborn in a different human or animal body after your death. I cannot believe... They really thought that souls get reincarnated as animals and they're still out there sacrificing them. Oh, yeah. Well, because I'm, I mean, presu- I don't know, have this on like firm authority, mm-hmm. but presumably you're only sacrificing the shitty people, yeah. right? Like the good people aren't the animals anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, but that's not actually totally true. Basically, the goal is for you to get the best possible life. And so as a result, you need to follow the rules. And so Pythagoras mm-hmm. then. One of the things, even though he didn't write them down, we don't have his writings, his his rules uh, did get passed down and made it into other writings. And so we do have pretty reliable sources on what these rules were Okay, to be reincarnated your best possible life. Uh, there's a bunch of them. Just a quick like cross-section representative sample here. Uh, you cannot wear wool garments. Mm. You should always put your right sandal on before your left sandal. Logical. You cannot break your bread into pieces or pick up any crumbs that fall. You cannot poke fires with swords. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the old sword in the fire conundrum. Sword in the fire poking. The huge, huge fuck up. Uh, you cannot take any roads that are traveled by the public. Cool. That just seems really fucking inconvenient, by the way. Right. No well, where fucking... are you going? You're just on. The, you're just in the semicircle. Yeah. You're where, just. Where are you going to go? You're in the group now. Where are you leaving? <laughs> that seems like it's a much more manipulative rule than most of the rest yeah. of them. There is a strict vegetarian diet. Now, that's because you don't want to be eating your friends or family. Same. Yeah. This is so important to their group that up until the year 1840, Mm -hmm. which is, if I do my math correctly, 2300 years later. Okay. The only word for vegetarians was Pythagoreans in the English language. Yeah, so I'm really starting to feel like maybe I was, I am a reincarnate of... Yeah, you could have, you could have been <laughs> in this. Of a Pythagorean. Yeah, so the animal sacrifices were like the big exception because otherwise they were like, do not fuck with the animals. Mm-hmm. Except if it's sacrifices to the number 10 triangle, <laughs> which is like... Okay, and then we come to the number one most serious, most critical rule of the Pythagoreans in achieving your next reincarnation successfully. Should I make a guess? Is this something I could guess? Yeah, make a guess. Pythagoras gets to fuck whoever he wants. Once. uh, It is not that. Oh. Well, then what's even the point of being a cult leader? (laughs) I mean, yes. You're right. He had like four kids, but he was not a sex cult leader, it turns out. 
This was much more serious. Gross misappropriation of power. Yeah. Um, no idea. Okay. The number one ultimate rule. Rule. It is extremely sinful to eat beans. What? Whatever you do, you're vegetarian. Cool. Do not eat beans. I don't even understand that. No, no. Is there a way that it got mistranslated? Was it like bees? (laughs) (laughs) Like, do not eat bees? (laughs) You would think, but no, it is do not eat beans. Wow. So, okay, this is a big deal. Aristotle later was like, why the fuck did he say that? (laughs) So They're like, why do they spend this much time? And so Aristotle's like, okay, so maybe... It was beans because it was like a political protest because like they hated Mm. democracy. They're like the philosophers should rule everything. Well, I mean, I'm not sure I know a lot of cult leaders who are big on democracy. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. It feels like you have to pick a lane and either you run a cult or you believe in democracy. (laughs) They were not in the democracy camp. Yeah. The, a lot of the Greek city-states use beans as, like, their voting tokens. Got like, it. you dropped them into Got one. It. And they're like, maybe it's, like, a, a protest yeah. thing. Uh, he also thought, so one reason was because the bulbous shape of the bean kind of might represent the entire universe. And so there was, like, some sacral, sacred symbolism. Mm. I mean, um, I feel like if you join the cult and you make it to the inner circle, after a few years of being a vegetarian with no protein, you're too weak to talk. <laughs> you're not really you're fighting back. <laughs> Beans are basically your only vegetarian protein, right? Like, oh, I mean, there's sure well, there are grains that have protein. Sure, in them. only concentrated Absolutely. source of life that's basically just only protein. I would imagine in 500 BCE, you're not like chilling with some seitan. No, Mm-mm. yes, you don't have Beyond Burgers <laughs> in the day. You do not. Yeah, I mean, plants have protein. Let's just clarify that for all of our listeners. Gorillas only eat plants. Gorillas yeah. get plenty of protein. Yes. I mean, animal source protein is the middleman of getting your protein from plants. It's true. All the animals you eat to get your protein, get it from plants. Get all their protein from plants. Yeah. But so you just have to eat a lot of plants. You have to eat a fucking ton of plants. If you're if you don't have like beans. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so people are trying to guess why. Uh some people thought that okay, maybe they don't eat beans because there was this like story that they had like black spotted flowers and people thought that was like connected to the underworld and Hades. And it's like a ladder for human souls to like come back and forth from the underworld. Really feels now we're dipping our toes in QAnon territory. Well, it You're gets just worse. Backward it engineering out, theories. Oh no no no! The real writings of the Pythagorean follower, followers were like, oh no, it wasn't that it was ladders. The fava beans might have the souls of the dead. Oh yeah, my. because it turns out they were like, oh, it was kind of flesh-like, right? It was kind of a fleshy substance. It's like maybe it's like actually like. That's like a somebody trying to get reincarnated, but like if you're really shitty, you don't even get to come back as an animal. You're just like reincarnated as an individual bean. Eating the beans is cannibalism because it's like little bites of flesh <sighs> of humans. Yeah, all the other Greeks were like, "Fuck that! Puff beans are delicious. <laughs> we're gonna eat eating beans." And they would they would make fun of him. They would basically one of the terms they'd use to refer to the beans was relatives of Pythagoras. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's just like mocking him relentlessly. Yeah, you didn't have to dunk on him that hard. Yeah, right? Can you imagine spending five years silent to try to get there? And then they're like, just... People just eating beans in front of you? Merciless. <laughs> um, yeah, so so there's this... A couple hundred years later, there's this parody writer, Lucian uh, Semersada, who's writing these stories. 
And one of the ones he writes is called Philosophies for Sale, which imagines <laughs> Zeus has like put all the famous philosophers next to each other and like tells them to like go and like sell their philosophies in the market. <laughs> and so in this one, Pythagoras is like there selling his philosophy, trying to get people to like bid on him. Right. And uh, he's like, uh, I eat no animal food, but I, I, or I eat everything else that's not animals except for beans. And the bidder's like, why don't you eat the beans? And in this particular satirical text, he's like, well, because they're sacred and their nature is marvelous and they look like little tiny dicks. And if you open them up, they look like balls and I'm not putting that dick and balls in my mouth. That's in the writing from That's, like... This is in the parody. Of, like, uh, this is what people like basically in ancient Greece thought of him and his bean obsession. Oh, God. Yeah, they were like, yes. All right, um, I'm back out. <laughs> back out again. <laughs> Gotta have the beans. So he's there teaching for many years in his little enclave of like super secret, don't tell anybody, no bean eaters. <laughs> the, in this bi- very first biography that's ever written about it, Pythagoras, a couple hundred years later, uh, like the year 300, so BCE, right? So it was like 200 years after he died. It was basically some local person in the town who wasn't considered worthy of joining, wanted okay. to join, was told no. Okay. And he was really fucking pissed and so he like gathered up this crew together and he's like what are these people doing in our town with their like you know weird cult cells they run over he gets this mob together they burn down the place like burn it to the ground while everybody's inside Pythagoras escapes and he's running away from this angry mob and then he's like running as as far as he can and then ultimately Pythagoras comes to this field of beans and he's like I would rather be captured by them no. Then, then run through this field of beans. No. And the people catch up to him and they just slit his throat. No, they do not. Yeah, and that's how he dies. No. That's, that is the story in the first biography. That's like a very poetic firm. Later on, there's like scholarships like he just escaped and like died an old man in another city. But mm. Mm. it's such a fun story to be like he refused to fucking step on the beans and wow. got killed. Okay. And, and that's something, yeah, so let's just say that they cut him and slit his throat. And so... I mean, let's just say. We can say whatever we want. It's our podcast. Exactly. exactly. So the one thing I think, now that he's dead, uh, you'll notice, was 0% of his life and never occurred was the Pythagorean theorem. Oh, I just assumed we skipped over that. Oh, no. Uh, it wasn't in there because he didn't invent it. What? <laughs> yeah, no, not at uh, all. Zero why? percent. Uh, yeah. it's. It turns out if you were looking for... The, that theorem and his name in the same place, like any association with him to that, it doesn't happen in writing for another thousand years. It Wait. takes a thousand years for anybody. Yeah, nobody. that's zero percent of his legacy. I was only here for the triangles. <laughs> what? Yeah, as much as he was into triangles and all this other shit, he... He did not invent the Pythagorean theorem. How did it get attributed to him? Um, it's, so at the time, the Babylonians already had it. They'd found this three, four, five thing, sure. and then his followers, the Pythagoreans, like it seems like some of them got more into mathematics, and so like some of his followers may have taken this thing the Babylonians knew and then started to like to like oh formalize and be like oh it's not just a three, four, five triangle; it's any right triangle. You can do the same pattern. But at that point, he had this like cult that was following him. That was his cleanup crew and so like mm-hmm. if one of his followers finds it what do they call this thing the fucking pythagorean theorem and wow. so and so like this this little like just crazy cult leader man no, who's literally just like no. telling people about reincarnation ends no. up getting the credit he does no math of any practical value in his life and he ends up getting the credit thousands of years later for this thing what? that every day like in school we are taught to have his name on it what yeah do do other people know this? <laughs> do other people know this? Now they do. Now We're telling them. Do. We're breaking the story right here. My mind is legitimately blown. Yeah. Yeah. 
What? Even 150 years after he died, right? So, like, if you look to Plato and Aristotle where he's, like, influential in the sciences, right? Mm -hmm. The things that he has basically done is he's he's brought the idea that, like, okay, math and the planets, like, He's he's the first person to say like math is at the core of the laws of the universe. Okay. He's totally fucking wrong about every way that that happens, right? Sure. But it turns out like physics later becomes more and more about bringing math to the universe and finding mm-hmm. the mathematical patterns in the universe. Right. And so like Aristotle and Plato do this, but at the time, like even then, they're just like, yeah, he's basically just famous as being this r- expert on reincarnation and. Literally just like a, a miracle guy with a thigh of gold. Like, that's how they <laughs> refer to him. Like, the miracle dude with the thigh of gold. And that is, he is just basically the founder of a cult that had strict dietary restrictions. And that's it. And Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. Very much a fraud. Very, very much not my hero. Oh, you know what? I'm on the fence about this one. (laughs) It seems like he didn't do, like, too much terrible in the world. He is just a scammer. I mean, he's a... I love a good scam. He's a giant scammer, yes. He's like the fire festival of mathematicians. (laughs) (laughs) You do have to have some respect for that, for sure. I mean, yeah, I'm like Ja Rule right now. I, too, have been bamboozled. (laughs) Wow. Okay. What a good one. Maybe my favorite so far. I feel proud. I feel proud of, of lucking into that story. Awesome. Okay. Well, my next week will not be as good as this one. So it's all down here hill from here, <laughs> folks. Sorry about your luck. If you'd like to join us on the ride to the bottom, where yes. can the people where can the people find us? Oh, on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram at your heroes pod. Just want to remind folks that heroes has an E in it. H-E-R-O-E-S. Your Heroes Pod or meetyourheroespodcast.com. You can go there and recommend a hero, make a suggestion. Um, and you can also contact us from there if you have ideas or what else. You can find us on whatever streaming service you're listening to this on currently. Yeah. Leave <laughs> us a great review, especially if you're on Apple uh, Podcasts. And if you do, please DM us a screenshot of your review and we will mail you real life merch, yeah. real stickers, real actual physical cool stuff. Please it's do. It's very cool. I have some on my water bottles. So much. Like a Visco girl? Is that what they're called? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at, you. Look at me. Just so trendy. Influencing it up. Like Pythagoras. Like Pythagoras. Until next week. Don't be a hero. Do not be a hero. Bye. Bye.